Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I have a very special introduction or two on this one. We're changing things up just a bit. Um, I have uh, someone very special with me, and it is my wife, Marilee. Marilee. Hey, everybody. Shalom. Shalom. And you might not you might not have heard her voice before, but she is an expert podcaster. We get to do another podcast that's kind of fun. That well, maybe, I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah it's it's massive. It's huge. Um, but we're also <laughs> you and I are here with a really great friend. And actually, she's been on the podcast, Marilee, more than you've been on the podcast. She's returning. I think she's the only <laughs> guest that's re- returned to the yeah. Jewish Road podcast. There's right? a very high litmus test that we have of people who we will allow on the program. This is really intense, high quality stuff here. So we want to make sure, but Candice Highslip, <laughs> welcome back. It's good to have you here. Thanks guys. Love you Davises. Y'all are, y'all are some of my favorite peeps. Yes. Same. Now, now Candice uh, leads a ministry called Tent and Table. Uh, last time you were on uh, with my dad and I, and we talked about biblical hospitality, uh, of which you are the queen. To, to know Candice is to love Candice. To be in her presence is to instantly feel loved, cared for, soothed, and well-fed. And, and oh, Jesus, Thanks. Yeshua, I feel. To be in her presence, I really often, I feel like there's not a lot of people I can say that about where it's like, the Lord just like flows out my friend. And that is my impression of you. Every time we interact, whether that's through a phone call or in person, like you have a beautiful spirit. Yeah. Thank you guys. And this relationship was instantly forged, like, like super glue that Uh just right away was in the back (laughs) of a bus somewhere in Orlando um, while we were going to the Jews Mm -hmm. cruise uh, down to the Bahamas. So that's where we met you guys. And it was just love at first sight for both you and Tim. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I feel the same way. Totally. Like after my first conversation with Marilee, I thought, where has she been my whole life? I felt the same way when I met her. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Candice, um, we brought you on specifically. Um, man, what a time to be Jewish in the world. Um, the time that we're living in uh, and, and you ever since October 7th, and, and this has been on our radar for a long time, but really like the world has changed uh, again in the last uh, couple of months. But um, what's been your spirit? What, how, what was your first reaction to the news of this attack on from Hamas on Israel. How, how did that hit you at first? Well, I'm, I remember waking up and um, I got a text from one of my friends, one of my best friends whose dad uh, was near Gaza. And um, they're like, she just said that there are terrorists in the street you know, please pray. And the message had come through in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what in the world? And then, you know, I opened up social media and it just it felt so shocking and horrifying and grief struck and stricken. <laughs> um, but it was also the morning of Simchat Torah. Right. And we were, you know, my husband and I were getting ready to celebrate, lead a service. Right. And, and I, I was just like, how do you, how do you even celebrate at a time like this? It's the most joyous holiday on the calendar. How, how do you even, how do we move forward with some Torah? And I asked him that. And then I asked the Lord the same thing. I'm like, Lord, how, how do we even move forward? And he gave me this idea of, um, you know, in days of old, um, 
what we would do when we would go to fight wars is we'd take the Ark of the Covenant with us mm-hmm. and we'd rejoice and we, we would praise and then the enemies would fall at our side. And so that was like the emotional and spiritual posture in which we move forward um, with the holiday. But uh, I think it just, the whole thing just feels so consuming. Even now, it just feels so consuming. Um, and to like the second anyone, you know, hops on social media, you are flooded with information that is just, it's just so much complex and compound grief and trauma that you're processing on behalf of people you're connected to in the land and just people that you love because we're one people, right? Whether you're in Israel or around the world, if you're Jewish, you're one people, we're we're one people with one heart. I feel like there's two dimensions to it too. There's like, on the one hand, there's what's happening in Israel, what's happening on the ground, what's happened to the people with the massacre and the ongoing hostage situation. So there's that. And then on the other hand, there's also this massive explosion of anti-Semitism that's just come to the surface. And so it's, there's like two fronts that I feel like that believers yes. and Jewish people are engaging with as they look at what's happening in the world. You know, I've I've heard of Holocaust deniers, and it feels like you you can put some space, put eighty years between this event and that event, and um, you know you could say, well, I wasn't there. I don't know if it exists, even though there's pictures and all kinds of evidence against that. But to literally have the news and social media and and the people who actually committed the atrocities are the ones promoting it and saying, look what we did, look what we did, and then still people are saying, no, it never happened, and so the. Right, right. They're actually the ones providing the evidence. And so right. looking at this week after week and overall, the, the, even, even in this short time, I mean, we're, we, you have to play the long game with this, especially if you're mm-hmm. reading the end of the book. But we're, you know, less than two months into this and there's a weariness that, that starts to set in. And, and really the thing that instigated our conversation with you was something that you just posted um, on social media. And it, it was a dream that the Lord gave you. And, uh, I know Marilee has lots of dreams. I don't ever dream about anything. I know people tell me that you, you dream, even though you don't remember it, but I, I once had a giant marshmallow man chase me down, down a road, but that's, that's <laughs> as close as I've ever gotten, but yours and, is real. And when you woke up, and, your pillow was gone. Get it. Yes. <laughs> you heard that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yours is real. And, uh, I, I, I just want you to just walk us through, um, and, and even what was what was the precursor, because I, I know for us we just need to take a break after mm-hmm. the first six weeks, and we got mm-hmm. away as a family to just kind of mm-hmm. rest, reset, and get off of social media for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, walk walk us through a little bit of that journey for you. Well, I think just as people, it can be very easy to get caught up in whatever's before us, right? We reflect what we behold. And if there's this constant barrage of trauma that I'm not sure any human heart is meant to bear, it can be very easy to become chronically dysregulated um, or numb out or dismiss things. And I've been asking the Lord in the midst of all of it, like, Lord, expand my heart, expand my capacity to be present with my life, with my five children and my daughter-in-law and my grandson and ministry and 
you know, the robust life of a, of a large family helped me to be present there and also helped me to be present and not to, to grow weary in intercession for my people in Israel and for the hostages. And, um, I think that the steady prayer for my own self is just, Lord, expand the capacity of my heart to be present. And so, Sunday night I went to sleep. I was praying that. And early Monday morning, and that's usually when the Lord <clears throat> speaks to me. Not on Monday mornings, but... <laughs> okay, I was going to say specifically on Monday mornings. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> early morning, like 4.30, 5 in the morning. That's usually when we have some really incredible and very clear conversations. But um, I had this dream. And so in this dream, I saw Yeshua and he motioned to me to follow him. And we were actually in one of Hamas's tunnels. And, uh, during the dream, uh, he just, he told me pray like this. And as we were walking through the tunnels, my, all of my senses were very, um, connected and very heightened my sight, my, hearing my smell, taste, touch, all of it. And um, when I woke up, it felt really more like an experience than a dream. And I asked the Lord like, to just help me to process it. And I was immediately led to Hebrews chapter 13, which says, um, verse 3, Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. And actually, in the Greek, it says, like, if you were, as if you were chained with them. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. That's the New Living Translation, but um, I thought that spoke really well to, like, what it said in the original language. But um, to pray as if we were chained right there with the hostages and to intercede as if we were feeling their pain in our own bodies. And that was an invitation on how to intercede uh, in the midst of it. And it's, it's an interesting, it's a weird thing to think about. Um, even just biblically, we know Paul was in prison. You, you, we know historically, like people have always been in prison. There's always been prisons around. Um, you don't really think about it in terms of what this is how this applies to what's going on with hostages who are in tunnels, they're underground. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I was telling Marilee, like I've, I've read this, I've read the book of Hebrews before. I'm sure I've mm. read that verse, but the Lord always brings up and highlights different verses, different seasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, that was a really clear direction of when you pray, pray mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, God is is really inviting you to have a heart of compassion mm-hmm. um, towards those who are in prison. What what is that? How did how did that change your prayer life? Did that was was there a a unique kind of refreshed perspective on entering into prayer for the people of Israel for this whole mm-hmm. situation that's going on? Well, one I think like the invitation really. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand this. I don't really think it was just for me. I think it's for the whole body of Messiah. But as we pray, you know, we're not just praying for people. You know, we're praying with them. It's like a, it's it's a 
it's a renewed sense of being present with them, right? And we we reference this verse all the time, like God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. He is ever present. But the invitation was to be present with them also. You know, we're not in the tunnels. We may not have, you know, exhaust burns on our legs, you know, to mark us as a hostage, but we can the invitation is to step into that place of inter- intercession to share in their sufferings. And really, that's what compassion means. It's this compound word, kompati, um, which is to be with, to share, kom, and then pati is suffering. And when we say that we have compassion, it's that we are allowing ourselves to enter into a place of being, of like this ongoing mindfulness to be present with people who are suffering. And so did it shift my prayer life? I felt like it kind of locked things in um, to how I was praying. Um, It feels like, like when I read your Instagram post and read about your dream with the combination of the scripture with it, I like how you said it locked it in because for some reason in my spirit, it immediately shifted it from this is something that's happening to people over there to like, it gave me an understanding of how to put myself in their shoes. I don't know why, like it's It's a really good way to say that. Yeah. The invitation was to actually sit with the Lord as if I was sitting in prison or, or my child was sitting there in prison, like from a mother's perspective or. I don't know. I can't like tangibly put it into words, but, but reading what you wrote shifted something in my spirit and it gave me a deeper understanding of how to, to sit in this, I think is the invitation. It's to sit in it as if you were there. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think how we normally talk about prayer is I will pray with someone when I am with them mm-hmm. and I will pray for someone when I am not with them. So this mm-hmm. idea of praying with someone, even though I am not with them, is is a twist. It's a weird um, to put ourselves into that situation is just different than anything that I normally think about. I I can pray for them because they're over there, but I can't pray with them. And so this is it's a, it's it's a it is a shift. I think yeah. it's a good thing for us to think about it like that. Yeah, I think so too. Do you feel, you said that the Lord like heightened all of your senses, like mm-hmm. you were very connected to how it, with mm-hmm. how things looked, how it smelled, like, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, was there something in that that also gave you additional insight into pray or how to pray? Was there something specific that stood out? I think it was just a matter of being very present, very connected to the reality. And, and I have personally struggled with there's like and there's a a weakness I think that is um just at the door for a lot of believers or just people in general just to numb out because the pain is so much and I think that we do need um we do need moments of rest we do need moments to disconnect we do need moments to like not have a constant barrage but when we do engage not to engage half-heartedly, you know, like you're scrolling through, you see something, oh, that's so sad. You're scrolling through again. And then you see your favorite recipe, you know, like when we engage to engage with all of our heart to really be present, not just halfway present. Um, and I, that's something that I know I, I need to grow in more to be 
ever present, right? Connected with all of my senses and with all of my body and my soul and my spirit and what I'm doing. So I think, I think that was just um, an answer to my personal prayer. Like, Lord, expand the capacity of my heart to be present with, with what's in front of me. So there's uh, almost a compassion fatigue that yes. sets in. Um, and it, it is what we start to feel. And I, I think, I mean, some of us, and especially if you've endured any trauma before, mm-hmm. you your fuse for that mm-hmm. fatigue gets lit and burnt much faster than the average human, right? And if you care, it's going, it has to have some kind of mm-hmm. impact on you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know even like in the in the marketing world, we talk about like the, the human soul, the brain can only take so much. Like if you, if you have a nonprofit that's going to feed homeless or those who have disease in Africa, like you can only show so many pictures of trauma and pain before the human brain just kind of shuts down and says, I can't do this anymore. It's just too much. I need a story of hope. Um, we've had hope break through uh, in mm. the last uh, week or so. As we've seen, I think the count is about 102 hostages that have been set free. And it, it, there is a release, um, but there's there's so many more. That but then we also have the stories coming out. Like it's good that they're being released, but then you start they're starting to talk about what they experienced and what they saw. And then it's like another level of like, it's almost worse in some ways because as a collective, as collective humanity now, now we, we know for sure what they were actually experiencing. It's not just an imaginary prayer. It's like, right. oh my gosh, like this is what real people And I think, are. actually, I think what we're hearing is probably very limited because a lot of the people who are talking still have a father or a mother or, you know, someone from their family right. that is still a hostage. And I think it won't be until all the hostages are returned that will really get a full picture of the reality of what happened beyond you know, minimal amounts of uh, rice or pita or a can of a tin of tuna to spread between four people. You know, uh, I think we're getting snippets, but I'm not sure we're going to get the full picture until all the hostages are home. Yeah. Can you, can you speak to somebody who just feels burdened and weary and like, Mm. I need to step away from all of this. How do we, what do we do in our relationship with the Lord? What is What are some good boundaries to set for ourselves? What are some things that we we need to do um, just to even stay in the fight while also preserving our hearts in the process? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is to lean into what is the Lord inviting you into? That's it. Because some of us can carry, like, we can carry false burdens or, um, you know, we just, we, we, Sometimes we know what we can handle and sometimes we don't know what we can handle. But just if we can just submit this area of intercession to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to, you know what I can handle. <laughs> you know my, my limits better than I know them. Um, invite me into those places and then tell me when it's time to rest. And there are intercessors all over the world. You know, the weight of the world to intercede for the hostages is not just on one person's shoulders. I mean, of course, Yeshua's, but he's raised up intercessors all over the world. And there are times there's 24-7 prayer happening. And it's not just, you know, if you're a person who has um, 
a burden. It's not just your responsibility. The whole body of Messiah is being raised up. So ask the Lord, Lord, when is it my shift? And then when it's your shift and when he like, maybe he's waking you up, you know, at night, or maybe you have a pocket of time and he's putting people on your heart. When it's your shift, go be present, pray as if you yourself were there, pray as if, you know, you're feeling the pain in your own body. And then when your shift is over, rest. Um, and, and don't have some kind of false burden that it's only your responsibility. It's all of our responsibilities. That is such a good word. I was just going to say, I think, I think the reason that your message is so important is because I think there's a lot of people like myself included who like lived in this nonstop for the first maybe month. Like it was very all consuming. It we thought about it all the time. It was hard to engage and do normal life things because our hearts and our minds are, are somewhere else. But I think just human nature and the human brain, like we've been talking about, can't stay in that place forever. And so I love what you posted because I think I'm even what you're saying, it's giving people like, how do we, how do we, What's the the long game here? Because it is a long game. It is um, a long game. I it's a long yeah. game. So mm-hmm. how do we stick with it, and how do we endure, and mm-hmm. remain connected, mm-hmm. and and at the same time, just the nature of living is like we do have things we have to take care of. We have children right. to care for. Our life right. keeps happening here in Arizona right. or Kentucky, mm-hmm. regardless of what's happening over in Israel. So, yeah. I just think there's so much wisdom and and in what you're saying. Mm, thank you. How, how have you dealt with things like in finding the balance between life happening here and all of our heart strings connected to everyone in Israel? Uh, for me, I think I'm trying to figure that out. Um, as a person who struggles a little bit with anxiety, um, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. The the things that have been happening in Israel and the rise of anti-Semitism, I, I definitely feel a rise in anxiety in, in my spirit. And mm-hmm. I think what I've been trying to ponder is how do I stay connected um, <laughs> and in prayer and and knowing what's going on? Because I, I want to remain connected. I don't want to numb out. I don't want to disconnect. Um, but how do I live also in in the inner peace that Yeshua calls us into in trust and security of him as anti-Semitism rises on our own country as, as we hear the horrors coming out. So I think I'm, I think the answer to my question is I'm in process. And I think that's why your hearing you and your post yesterday stood out to me so much because I felt like it was another piece of the puzzle from the Lord of like this, this is how you do it. This is how you abide in me and also remain connected to what's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I guess that place of um, direction for how we manage our souls, like our soul finds rest in God alone, right? Our rest is in Yeshua. Also, He's the one who calls us to partner with Him in intercession. So He knows, I guess the biggest thing is just to stay connected to the Lord, to, to you know, be plugged in um, and, and let Him direct uh, how we engage. I don't know. Uh, that's an idea. Yeah. What about I, you? I, I, well, I, yeah, I'm talking to two people who are very aware of their internal lives and <laughs> you, 
your your indicators, your systems, the lights that go off for you with your hearts go off much sooner for you than than me. Or I'm like, oh, I'll get that into the shop eventually. I'll be okay. The car the car's still got another twenty thousand miles on it. We'll be fine. Um, so my my indicators are when when Marley's starting to indicate like I, th- I think I just need to step away from social media for a week and mm-hmm. care for. Myself, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, I'll double down. Um, so I need to pay attention to that. But I, I look at this and um, the, the rise of anti-Semitism, right? Like I, I feel myself going in roller coasters and waves of um, – you, you see something like even the, the Christmas tree lighting at Rockefeller Center. Oh, my that, God. Right? It had to be canceled because there is the, the flood. There's this flood of just – you know, and there's people at the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, you know, demonstrating and pouring fake blood out. And it's just I, I look at some of this and it feels like um, what is it? Psalm 73, like Lord or even Psalm three. Lord, many are my foes. Many rise against me. They say, where is your God? And I'm thinking like, yeah, where is where is my God? And it feels like I'm outnumbered. And then and then you see something like the the march for Israel, you know, at the Capitol, 290,000 made me feel proud to be Jewish. It made me feel like we're not alone. There is still a remnant. There are still people who love the Jewish people and it gives me hope, but it is, it is hard. I think to, to like watch the news and watch the coverage and not let your heart go with like, because it, it, you could just vacillate and have these highs and lows from day yeah. to day or hour to hour, depending on which which station you're watching or which you know feed or the algorithm is feeding you. So it, it's probably a greater reminder, and I'm obviously still in process with everything in my life, but it, a reminder of looking at the big picture from God's perspective, right? Like uh-huh, uh-huh. in the end, we this is not going to get easier, Candice. Like this is going to be something that like we might get past this blip on the radar, but we know how the story ends and it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. And I know that's not like the, the really happy version of the story, but it's the real, <laughs> real part of the story that we have right. to be able to pay attention to. Right. And in the end, the whole world will turn against Israel in the end. Yes. And in the end, Yeshua will return for a bride who's made herself ready and for his people who welcome him home and say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I think that purification of the bride made ready and our people welcoming King Yeshua to come and rule and reign, a lot of it, I think, is going to happen through persecution. You know, I agree. 100% which is not, that. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, the happy frolicking through the tulips story. Hence the long the long game, the leaning yeah. into the Lord. I love what you said. So what's my role? I can't do it all. I can't I can't <laughs> carry it all. So what is the part that I'm supposed to play? How are you preparing me? How are you preparing my family? Exactly. How do you want me to lean in? Because you made me, you know how I'm wired. You know my, my history, my past, you know my brain, you know my heart, you know all these things. And remembering that we can trust him to be faithful. Um, and I love what you said too about the whole, like the, the body of Messiah across the whole world is carrying this. And to remember, mm-hmm. yes, 24 seven, there are people praying and that the Lord is going to be faithful to direct people to pray for all different aspects of right. this. And what he calls me to pray for, what he calls you to pray for is going to be different than, mm-hmm. you know, 
person A, B, C, and D. Right. Okay. But also there's like good things happening, right? Like, so I know like Matt met with someone yesterday morning, a group of local pastors here, and the man who organized it came to him and said, I, I want to do something. Like, I feel like prayer is not enough. I mean, we know it's enough, but his heart is to be engaged and involved and wants to be doing something. Like, that is what the Spirit is stirring in him. And it's beautiful to see people, believers, coming out of the woodwork. Some of them have been in this space for a long time. Some of them are starting to realize, like, their eyes are opening to what's happening and they want to engage. And I know that you have started, I guess we'll call it an initiative. The Lord has given you a vision for some like very tangible things that mm-hmm. believers can be doing to love and support Israel. And also you have some stories, some like good news stories of like, <laughs> good things that are happening. Yes. So okay, would it be okay if we transition to some good news? <laughs> yeah. No, the, you, yeah. That's, that's the other podcast. We don't do that. Oh, here this, this is just. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, bring it, bring it, Candace. Give well, us some hope. Oh, I think that really when this war happened, one, it, it awakened every Jewish person across the globe and everyone was called to war, you know, and, and to fight in whatever way that they've been gifted, whatever the Lord has put in their hands. At the same time, it has stirred the pot for so many believers, for so many Christians. And, you know, there has been a variety of reactions that some have been very disappointing and grievous and others merely, like you said, there's been a lot of good news last night. We were um, at this citywide uh, prayer event called uh, pray all day. Yeah. I think that's what's called. Um, anyway, it was great. Um, but they did give Tim and I a segment to talk about like, you know, how can we pray and what can we do? So, this is another thing that I've been praying about is, Lord, how do we mobilize the body of Messiah? How do we get people with really boots on the ground to do something? Because it's like, on one hand, we can give, and there's great organizations to give to, and we're giving money, and there are boots on the ground in Israel. But this war extends beyond the borders of Israel because it it extends into every Jewish heart and every Jewish family um, around the world. So what what do we do? So the Lord gave me this idea, and it's called Operation Comfort. And uh, really, it's coming from Isaiah chapter 40, where it says, Comfort, comfort ye my people, says the Lord. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And how, how do we comfort the people of God? So when this war first started, we had this prayer meeting, you know, right immediately afterwards. And, and I felt like totally dysregulated and <laughs> I was like not in a position to host. Um, I would, I just couldn't really function. I was just weeping all day and it was so consuming. And the first person, you know, I hear the knock on the door and I, you know, come down and I'm like, you know, I have to like, just get ready to receive people. And the first person who came was this elderly woman from Holland who uh, she and her family hid Jews during the Holocaust. And they lived right next door to a Nazi uh, like outpost. Wow. And they were hiding Jews in their home right next door to this um, 
Nazi station. And as a little girl, she would go and escape from her home and raid the Nazi camp, like the Nazi camp, not a camp, but you know, the little, their little outpost and steal food and go give it to the Jews that they were hiding. Wow. And, um, welcome to the prayer meeting. Huh? Welcome to the prayer meeting. The Lord was like, this is what I have for you today. (laughs) Yeah. And we, we've known her, you know, just not intimately, but we've known her for a couple of years, just being connected. And she just grabbed my hand and she said, I just knew that I had to be here with my people. And she was like, I'm not one of you, but I love you as my own. And those words of comfort, oh my gosh, it was so healing to my soul. And, you know, I am a believer in Yeshua. I do have the hope of glory in my heart, but I needed comfort from a Gentile. Right. And we, as Jewish people, we can give ourselves all the comfort and then we also commiserate together. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But to have comfort coming from a Gentile that said, I stand with you. You know, my heart is with you. I'm here. That was so incredible. And I have to tell you, it gave me so much strength in my spirit and in my soul. It was so nourishing. Um, So with Operation Comfort, the first thing I just want to say is I want to, I want to see the body of Messiah mobilized to bring comfort to hearts that are war torn through compassionate hospitality with words of comfort, with gifts of comfort, and with meals of comfort. So words of comfort are so powerful you know, whether it's you showing up and just saying, I stand with the Jewish people, if it's you pulling out your phone and texting a friend and saying, hey, I just want you to know, you know, your Jewish friend, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. You're really important to me. And I'm standing with Israel. I'm standing with the Jewish people. Um, maybe. And can I say, I, yeah. I even want to say, like, even more than texting, what I've been doing a lot of lately is the the voice to text. Yeah, not that it's yes, writing so out the words, but you can actually record a quick message and send it. Yes, because somebody just said, like, "Hey, love what you're doing, um, and want to be able to support the work of the Jewish Road." And I just jumped on and did the voice to text and just said, "Hey, thank you so much. Like it, that means a lot." And she texted back and just said, I just, I, I teared up at just hearing your voice. Um, and it was just so good to be able to do that. So I, I would say even beyond, give your thumbs a break and just jump. And it's actually faster. Just leave a one minute message so that yep. they can hear we, we miss tone. We miss the face, mm-hmm. like just, or even record a video and real quickly, just send that over. Right. Like, I think that it's Love even it. more personal to be able to hear the voice. I agree, I agree with you a hundred percent. But just words of comfort, just to say we're with you. And actually, there's a lot of Jewish influencers right now who are saying <clears throat> the biggest support we've gotten is from Christians, and it's blowing their minds. And they're making reels about it and how Amen. Christians are coming out of the woodwork to support the Jewish people. And Gentile Christians, this is your moment. Like, we've never had an opportunity in the history of the world, I think, like this, where you can step in to be the hands and feet of the Lord to comfort, comfort his people and speak tenderly to the Jewish people. It's, it's amazing. Um, I think it's fantastic. By the way, you just said the word Jewish influencer and I didn't even, that that's such a funny, anyways, we'll move on. I've just never heard (laughs) those two words put together like that. It's good. And you're a Jewish influencer. Is that right? 
Yeah. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so that's words of comfort. We're moving on. Next words thing. of comfort, gifts of comfort. So um, I was meeting with a couple of clients and I came home and then someone from our staff um, said, hey, Rabbitson, there's this, uh, someone left flowers outside of your office. I was like, what? And there were these beautiful flowers with this handwritten note that said, we love all our Jewish brothers and sisters. We're praying for the peace in, in Israel. Love your Christian brothers and sisters. And it was written on, <clears throat> it was not a fancy note. It was written on um, just regular notebook paper, torn. And I like, I have it and I'm, it's going to be in my Bible forever. And just that, that um, expression of solidarity and a gift meant the world to me. Um, and if it meant the world to me as a Jewish believer, how much greater impact is that going to have on someone who has not met Messiah yet? That's just going to be incredible. I just, as before you even said that you got flowers. <laughs> we're, so we're, when we go to California, we're going to California this weekend. We're having lunch Ooh. with our beloved Hebrew teacher that we love very oh. much. And I was thinking when you said gifts, I'm like, let's bring her a gift. And it made me think, I wonder tonight at our Jewish Road meeting, if we could do something similar, have a card and say, this is from the Christian community in, in Lexington that loves Israel. And this is for you and give that to her on the behalf of people here. I don't know. We can edit this out later if it's not supposed to be in the <laughs> podcast, but no, like, I was fantastic. just like, oh my gosh, like, I love it, Candace. I love it so much. I love it. It's just it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, right? It doesn't even it have doesn't to be on a. Much. It, could, it could be on a napkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It could be on a napkin. Um, oh, oh, I was on a flight um, from San Antonio back to Phoenix, and I was making a watercolor card for someone. And the flight attendant came and she saw me, and I was writing in Hebrew, and um, and and she saw Hanukkah, and she was like oh my gosh. And she put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, I just want you to know that I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and she came back to like offer me like, you know, another drink or whatever, but it was so kind But the, just, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes someone stepping out of their comfort zone and opening their mouth and saying, I'm with you. That's let, it. Let, let me let me just normalize what you said because not everybody's going to be able to be on a plane doing a watercolor, writing <laughs> in Hebrew, and has a Hanukkah. Although some people just heard that and said, "If I do that, I'll get an extra drink on the plane," and that's not bad. But you, I love how you just said it doesn't have to be very very complex. But I was watercoloring on the airplane. <laughs> Did you also have an easel out over there in first class? Exactly. <laughs> okay. That in first class. No, no. We have a very humble income. Um, I think a beautiful part of this, too, that I'm noticing as you're speaking, though, and just a shout out to the beauty and goodness of God, mm -hmm. is that he's actually showing you how to comfort people by him comforting you. Like he is the one that is initiating these things in the hearts of people around you. So mm -hmm. he he's meeting your needs because that is who he is and how he operates and meeting you in those parts that you need to be touched. And through that, he's showing you how to love others in the same way. And so I feel like 100%. isn't God amazing? Isn't God amazing? Yes. And you're so right. And I love how you like identified that because that's exactly what happened. Um, 
And so meals of comfort, this is another thing. And here's the thing, this idea of believers being empowered to combat anti-Semitism through compassion-based hospitality, it doesn't, it flexes to what's in your hand. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to be something that you're not. It doesn't require skills that you don't have. It just, like, you have to use what's in your hand. So whether you're sending a voice text or you're giving someone a chocolate bar from Trader Joe's and say, hey, I thought of you, and you give it to your coworker. I know this might seem silly, but I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I'm standing with you. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just something. Or a meal of comfort, whether you're taking someone out to your favorite coffee shop or you're saying, hey, you know, on your lunch break, let's go grab tacos together. I, I want to hear your story. I want to hear how this war has impacted you. And you're just making space so that someone can be seen, they can feel safe, and they can be soothed by your presence. And if they cry, it's okay to cry with them. Actually, we're admonished to weep with those who weep. And there's something so healing in that. And right now, I mean, there is a measure of comfort that we receive from our own people, but we all know we're in this together, except for the crazy ones, you know, that middle group, you know. But the comfort that we need is actually from Gentiles who say, you're not alone. We're with you. And, And there's never been an opportunity. There's never been an opportunity like this for the body of Messiah to extend the comfort of the Lord to the Jewish people in such a tangible way. I, I always keep coming back to thinking that here and now this is an opportunity for the Gentile church to start exercising those muscles, maybe some muscles that have never been worked. Maybe there's something that's always been in their heart, a love for Jewish people or uh-huh. something beautiful, but they've never actually like put their money where their mouth is or haven't hit the road, you know, with, actually doing it. And I think that the time is now for the church to start doing these things and exercising those muscles of loving the Jewish people and loving Israel, because it's only going to get harder. I think that's the reality is it's only going to get harder to stand with Israel as the years go by. And so we need now Mm -hmm. to be, if, if you can't do it now, then it's going to get it, harder. It's going to get harder to do it. as it And I know, I know some people listening, they're, they're thinking to themselves, like, I just don't want to offend them. So don't give, don't give your Jewish friends a honey baked ham or bacon. That's the first step. <laughs> but, but the second thing is I would rather offend somebody with good intentions and kindness than to, to yes. have my silence make mm. them feel isolated and alone, right? Or wonder, yeah. And I think that that is a human need. Our, our greatest fear as humans is that we would be left alone. And all throughout history, the story of our people is that we have been left alone, that the Jewish people have not had a friend in the world at many different phases throughout our history. And mm. so to, to know that there are people who are not us, because obviously sometimes that's all we feel like we have, but to know that there are people, we had somebody who's part of our community here locally that just stopped by Jewish Road headquarters and brought us a tray of cookies and just said, we love you guys. And we, we, we appreciate what you're doing is like, how did you get our address? The cookies were great. And we uh, said, we're, we're here uh, eight to five. 
But also, isn't that a true reflection of the mentality of Jewish people? It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful gift. And also, how did you get my address? If you can get it, who can get it that doesn't have good intentions? Like that's the reality that the Jewish community is living in right now. Yeah. Candace, what, what I love too about Isaiah uh, 40 and comfort ye, comfort ye, oh my people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, speak, it says speak tenderly. Uh, another version uh, says speak kindly. But mm-hmm. in, in the Hebrew, it's devar lev Yerushalayim. And oh my and wh- God. What, what our, our English translation is missing there is that word lev. It's, it's really speak to the heart of Jerusalem. Comfort. Mm. What do you speak? Speak comfort to the heart of Jerusalem. And if you're going to speak anything to the Jewish people, you have to speak it to their heart. You have to speak comfort. Mm. And so that's what I love. We have we have words of affirmation. We have gifts of affirmation. We have meals of affirmation. And and to bring that comfort there, uh, I, I think is is a game changer. And I think is. You, you don't have to go there and have the gospel from the Old Testament memorized and ready to go. You are preaching the gospel to the Jewish people when you do any one of those things to speak 100%. to their heart. Yes. And just create a space, a safe space where they can be. That alone is so healing. But I love that. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem. That's so good. I heard this pastor um recently and he wasn't saying wonderful things but he was saying you know it says pray for the peace of jerusalem not pray for the peace of the jewish people but mm-hmm. literally jerusalem is the heart of israel and it is the heart of the jewish people it's like telling someone i'm only going to pray for your heart but not the rest of your body <laughs> you know um wow. but oh when gosh. it says like speak tenderly to jerusalem or to the heart of jerusalem or to pray for the peace of jerusalem this is the the epicenter this is the heart of everything that we're connected to as jewish people yeah candace we want everybody to know you um so that maybe one day they'll sit on an airplane and you'll have your your carved out little seat on the plane and if you ever are on a plane and somebody's watercoloring there's only one person in the world and it's it's candace but candace how, how do people follow you in in your journey where can they connect with more morsels of good wisdom and and direction. Oh, thanks. Well, right now, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at tent underscore and underscore table. Good. And we'll put that in the notes. So all you have to do is click on it. It'll be super easy. Or if you're following us on the Jewish road and you look at people who are following us or all of the things that we repost that are hers, it's just fantastic. You'll find her very easily. But guys, I'm so honored to be a part of your lives and so grateful to call you friends. Good. Well, when you move into Kentucky, that's what we have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Candice, thank you for coming on. Say hi to Tim. We love you. And uh, we will continue to speak kindly, to speak tenderly, uh, Mm. that comfort to the heart of not only Jerusalem, but to the Jewish people. Uh, We love you. And thank you for coming. Love you, friend. Love you too. Bye, guys. Bye. Shalom. Sure.